This evening will be from Luke chapter 19, verses 8 through 10. Luke 19, 8 through 10. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save and to save the lost. It's good to be home. My mom and dad have moved to Tennessee, and I've gone to Austin to attend the Southwest School of Bible Studies. But Katy, uh, Katy, Texas, and this congregation here will always be my home, and it is good to be here. School is probably the most challenging thing I've ever done in my life. It's pushing me every day. It's challenging me to grow. And while all that is true, it is still the best experience each and every day. And I'm enjoying every minute of it. I'm glad to be with you this evening, and I appreciate the opportunity to be able to speak from God's word. When someone obeys the gospel, and the Christian comes up out of the watery grave of baptism, they begin a new life. This new life, however, is not going to be like the life that was previous to it. This new life is not going to consist of the things that took place in the previous one. This new life is going to be completely different. In fact, this new life is going to consist of many attributes and characteristics that we would find in a Christian's life. Inspired men like Paul and Peter are going to give the Christian a clear understanding of how they are to live in accordance with God's will. And as you read through the New Testament, as you read what these inspired men have written down, you will notice that there are many characteristics and many attributes that are highlighted that should be found in a Christian's life. But perhaps the characteristic or the work that is of the utmost importance is that of an evangelist. After we make the decision to follow Christ, we decide that we believe with all our hearts that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We confess his name before others. We repent of our sins and we are then baptized for the remission of our sins. After we make that decision, the most important thing we will ever do on this earth is evangelize to those around us. The sad reality is, most of the time, this is not our mindset. Most of the time, we do not place the proper emphasis on evangelism that we should. And this could be for a number of reasons, but I think the primary reason is because we tend to make up excuses in our minds as to why someone would not want to hear about the gospel. Rather than proclaiming to those around us the power of salvation that comes through Jesus Christ, we make up excuses as to why someone would not want to hear about it. 
We say things like, that person would never want to hear about the gospel. Or we may say things like, that person would never cease the things that they're participating in to follow Christ. They would never leave the pleasures of sin behind to obey Jesus. The world around us, we see terrible things every day. We see stories on the news. We hear about things that people participate in, and it can be easy for us to have this mindset. I know that I have definitely been guilty of it. I've been guilty of making these excuses as to why I should not share the gospel with someone else. As we think about the idea of evangelism, how do we put these excuses to the side? How do we not allow these excuses to plague our minds? Because when it comes to evangelism, it is far too important for these excuses to take root. Evangelism is far too important for us to allow these excuses to prevent us from sharing the gospel with others. This evening, in order to better understand how to evangelize, I want to take a look at our perfect example, Jesus Christ. Jesus had many interactions with many different people as he walked this earth. And he came into contact with people of all different walks of life. But one thing that Jesus did in each and every one of those scenarios was he took the time and opportunity to teach that individual. In Luke chapter 19, Jesus is going to have an account with a specific individual. In Luke chapter 19, Jesus is going to have an account or an interaction with a man by the name of Zacchaeus. And there's a lot of things that we can learn from Jesus's interaction with Zacchaeus. There's a lot of things we can learn pertaining to the power of salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. In the first 10 verses of Luke chapter 19, we're going to notice three things that pertain to the power of salvation. So if you're taking notes this evening, the three, three things we're going to notice from Luke chapter 19 is number one, people seek salvation. People seek salvation in verses one through four. The second thing we're going to notice is that salvation is for all in verses five through seven. Salvation is for all. And the third thing that we're going to notice is that salvation has the power to change in verses eight through 10. If we want to evangelize and we want to be successful, and we should, we should want to evangelize because it is a commandment that has been given to us by Jesus Christ. But if we want to be successful in it and we want to put these excuses that tend, that tend to hold us back aside, we need to focus more on the power of salvation that comes through Jesus Christ rather than a reason why someone would reject the gospel. So if you have your Bibles this evening, please turn with me to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, and we're going to read the first four verses. The Bible says, starting in verse 1 of Luke 19, Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. 
Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. There's a few things that I want us to notice about Zacchaeus from these first four verses of Luke chapter 19. The first thing the Bible's going to say about Zacchaeus is that he is a chief tax collector. What does this indicate about Zacchaeus? Well, the first is it indicates Zacchaeus has a job. Not only does he have a job, but he has a, a job of security, if you will. No doubt, Zacchaeus is working for the, the Roman government, and Zacchaeus is going to be collecting taxes for the Roman government. So Zacchaeus has a, a job of security, but not only is he a tax collector, he's a chief tax collector. And if you look at that word chief, in the original language, it's going to indicate that Zacchaeus is in charge of all of the tax collectors in the area. So Zacchaeus is a chief tax collector. The second thing the Bible is going to say about Zacchaeus in verse number two is that Zacchaeus is rich. Zacchaeus is rich. But notice what Zacchaeus does in verse number three. Verse number three, the Bible says, and he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. Zacchaeus has a desire to see Jesus. We're not sure what it is. The Bible doesn't tell us why Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus. But we do know that Zacchaeus has a desire to see him. Something about Jesus made Zacchaeus interested in him. And because of that, he seeks to see him. And so what does Zacchaeus do? Zacchaeus is going to do what everybody else does. He's going to gather around where Jesus is. There's a crowd around Jesus and Zacchaeus is going to go to the crowd because he is seeking to see Jesus. But there's a problem, isn't there? Zacchaeus is of short stature and he can't see Jesus. I think it's worth noting that that right there could have been enough for Zacchaeus to pack up his bags and go home. The fact that Zacchaeus could not see Jesus in that exact moment could have been enough for him to turn around and go home. But Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus. Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus so bad, he's going to run up the way and he's going to climb up into a sycamore tree. Zacchaeus has so much zeal, he has so much desire to see Jesus Christ, he's going to climb up into a tree. Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus. As we consider our position that we are in here in 2022, it's important for us to recognize that people are seeking salvation. It may not seem like it, but people are seeking salvation. Like I said a few moments ago, we tend to make up excuses in our minds as to why we should not evangelize. We do it all the time. And 
We see, we see our neighbors with their, with their big houses and we see our neighbors with their fancy cars and we may think to ourselves, if I were to go up to their door and ask them if they would like to have a Bible study, they would laugh me out of their house. Or, or maybe, maybe we have the friend at work and they have the, be, the best job in the company. They're making a lot of money, but they don't have to do a whole lot of work and, and we may think to ourselves, that person, they don't have time for a Bible study. They don't have time to hear about the gospel. We make up these excuses, but I think it's important for us to notice the situation that Zacchaeus is in. The Bible says that Zacchaeus is a chief tax collector, and it says that he is rich. But he still seeks to see Jesus. Zacchaeus seemed to have everything going for him. He had reputation. He was the chief tax collector. He had a little bit of reputation to his name. He had fame. People knew who Zacchaeus was. Zacchaeus had riches. But he still seeks Jesus. And I think the reason for that is, is because while Zacchaeus had a reputation and while Zacchaeus had riches, he came to the realization that contentment, contentment without Christ wouldn't last. You see, people will turn to all kinds of things to find that sense of comfort, to find that sense of contentment. We see it all the time. There, there's people who... May, may for, maybe from the outside looking in, they have the best life ever, but they turn to alcohol because they think it's going to make them feel better. Or, or maybe there's, there's the person we know that they're going through hard times and because of that, they're going to turn to drugs because they think it can take the pain away. As humans, we have a natural desire to be content. We have a natural desire to be comforted and Zacchaeus recognized that he had a missing gap in his life, and so he's going to go to Jesus because he knows Jesus is going to give him the answer. If you look at those around us from a physical perspective, it may seem like they're thriving, but when you take a step back and you look at it from a spiritual point of view, you're going to see that they're in the same sin-sick state that we were once in. And because of that, you're going to share the gospel with them. Brethren, people are seeking salvation. And they are waiting, they are eagerly waiting for someone to come up and tell them how it is obtained. People are seeking salvation. The next thing we're going to notice from Luke chapter 19 is that salvation is for all. Salvation is for all. Read with me in your Bibles, verses 5 through 7. And when Jesus came up to the place, and he, or when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. The first thing that I want us to notice 
from these few verses here is that Jesus sought out the tax collector. Jesus personally sought out the tax collector. In the first century, there was all kinds of social boundaries that separated people, that caused people to be divided. And because of that, there was so much hatred for the different types of groups. You think about all the different groups that we see, we see in Scripture. The Jews hated the Samaritans, and the Samaritans hated the Jews. The Jews hated the Gentiles, and the Gentiles hated the Samaritans. The Sadducees hated the Pharisees, the Pharisees hated the Sadducees, and it seems to be the only thing that they find in common is the fact that they don't like Jesus. The people hated the tax collectors. There were tons of social boundaries that we see in the first century that prevented people from getting along with one another. But what does Jesus do? Jesus sought the tax collector. Jesus is going to personally go up to Zacchaeus and tell him to make haste and come down for today, I must stay at your house. But I want you to notice the crowd's response. Look, if you will, at verse number seven. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. These, these people that were there, the only thing that they can do when they see what Jesus does is complain and question the actions of Jesus. Earlier on in the, in the gospel according to Luke, we're going to see the same sort of mindset when Jesus calls Matthew, when Jesus calls Levi to be one of his disciples. Matthew was a tax collector, and Jesus is going to call him, and when he calls him, they are going to go to his house. Matthew is going to throw a party for Jesus, and there is going to be Matthew, Jesus, his other disciples, and a bunch of other tax collectors, and the people are going to complain and say that he is a guest of sinners. That's exactly what the people do here. They complain and they question what Jesus is doing. But Jesus did not have the view that everyone else in the first century had. Jesus didn't allow for the social boundaries of the time to limit him when it came to his teaching. Every single time that Jesus is going to have an interaction with someone in Scripture, he is going to take the time to preach to them about him and about the kingdom that is going to come. What are our thoughts when we come into contact with the people of the world? What are our thoughts when we come into contact with our tax collectors, if you will? At this particular point in time, the tax collectors are probably people who don't treat the people very well. They probably take more than what is due most of the time. So there's a, there's a hatred for these tax collectors because they take advantage of you. What are, what are our thoughts when we come into contact with our tax collectors? Is it like those of, of Luke chapter 19? When, when people take advantage of us, when people 
aren't kind to us, when people do things that they simply should not be doing? Are we like those of Luke chapter 19 and do we instantly write them off and say, not for me? They're not worthy to hear about the gospel. They're not worthy to hear about the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. Or do we have the mindset, do we recognize that that person is in a sinning state? Do we have the mindset that that person is a sinner like all of us once were? The excuse that that person would never want to hear about the gospel, that person would never change to obey Christ, was invalid in the first century, and it's just as much invalid today. Salvation is for all. The third thing that I want us to notice from Luke chapter 19 is that salvation has the power to change. Salvation has the power to change. Look with me in your Bibles, verses 8 through 10. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. The first thing that I'd like for us to notice about this section of Scripture is that Zacchaeus had a repentative heart. In verse number 8, you'll notice that Zacchaeus is going to make two proclamations concerning his repentance. The first thing that Zacchaeus is going to say is he's going to give half of his goods to the poor. We're not exactly sure how much that means. We know that Zacchaeus is rich from verse number 2, but we don't know how much wealth he has. But we do know for a fact that he's going to give half of it to the poor. The second proclamation that Zacchaeus is going to make concerning his repentance, concerning his repentative heart, is that if he has taken anything from anyone by false accusation, he is going to restore fourfold. As I mentioned a few moments ago, during this time, it was very common for the tax collector to collect taxes and take more than what was owed. And so what Zacchaeus is saying here, he is saying if he has taken anything more than what was due, if he has taken anything from the individual that they should not have paid, he is going to return it back. And not only that, he's going to return it fourfold. Zacchaeus had a repentative heart. But I want you to notice verse number nine. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. Salvation came into the house of Zacchaeus and it was all because of Jesus Christ. It was all because of the gospel that was present, presented to him. 
Brethren, when the chapter began, Zacchaeus was a tax collector who probably did not treat people the way that they deserved. However, due to the power of salvation through Jesus Christ, Zacchaeus changed his ways. When Jesus walked into the house of Zacchaeus, he was the guest of a sinner. But when Jesus walked out, the title of that house belonged to a saved man. Salvation has the power to change. And if we don't think it does, we're sadly mistaken. Let it never be said of us that we neglect to proclaim the gospel to those around us because we're worried they're not going to leave the pleasures of sin behind to obey Christ. True obedience to the gospel of Jesus Christ will lead to true change. If there isn't true change, there's something wrong. But salvation has the power to change. From a child, the narrative of Zacchaeus has probably been one of my favorites. And this account is truly wonderful. While Luke is the only writer who is going to record this wonderful narrative for us, there is still an immense amount that we can learn from these 10 verses revolving around Jesus's interaction with Zacchaeus. The power of salvation that comes through Jesus Christ should lay aside all doubt when it comes to evangelism. We should be ready to evangelize because we need to recognize and we, to, we need to remember that the power of salvation will change people's way of thinking because people seek salvation. Salvation is for all and the power of salvation will change someone. Those around us are living in a state that is leading to a road of torment. I don't know if, if any of you ever just stop and think about everyone that you know. The other day at Southwest, Cody Westbrook preached a sermon on the wrath of God. And I started thinking about all the friends that I had from high school. All the family members that I have. All the people that are on a road that leads to destruction. And in that moment, I was not upset with God for the outcome that's going to take place. I was upset with myself because I haven't evangelized the way that I should. The power of salvation that comes through Jesus Christ should be enough for us to lay aside all of our doubts, all of our excuses, and we should be willing to evangelize. It's great to see that there is an evangelism in sync program back there. 
It's great to see. At Southwest right now, we're, we're taking a personal evangelism training class. Those things are, are great to see. But the bottom line is, it's not the congregations as a whole responsibility to go and evangelize. It's our individual responsibility. It's not the preacher's sole responsibility to be the only evangelist. It's everyone's. Jesus gave the commandment that all of us go into all the world and baptize and teach. And so, as we consider the power of salvation, as we consider evangelism, I ask that each of us focus more on the power of salvation that comes through, the God, through Jesus Christ rather than focusing on the excuses that hold us back. Thank you so much for your kind attention this evening. Maybe you're not a New Testament Christian. Maybe you would like to know more about the salvation that was just talked about. We have many people here who would love to study with you. They would love to teach you all about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Maybe you have been studying and you realize that you are not in fellowship with God. You are not in a proper relationship with God. And if you do not do what he has commanded, you will be lost. And because of that, you want to make the decision to be baptized. Maybe you haven't been living your life the way you should. We talked about the many attributes and characteristics that a Christian should possess. Maybe you haven't been living up to the Christian name that you should be wearing. Whatever your need is, I ask that you come now as we stand and as we sing.